I think the, 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 the critical element I'd want the dental team to know is one. One, know exactly what the parameters are. When is my patient at? One. Two, I think I'd, I'd like the dental team to always ask when somebody comes in, do you have any chronic disease? Is it diabetes? Um, in addition to that, I definitely want the, the, the dental team to be able to looking out for any oral changes that are significant. Look out for little bruises, look out for, for continual bleeding, um, difficulty healing, as those are factors that might suggest that something is happening. Welcome to another episode of the Irreplaceable Dental Assistant. You know it, as usual, I have a wonderful guest for you today, but I, I'm going to let you find out for yourself. Help me welcome Dr. Calvin Solomon. Welcome, Dr. Solomon. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. And thank you for inviting me. Um, just to let the audience know, you are my favorite cousin, but thanks for inviting me anyway. <laughs> it's a good thing you know a little thing about what you're talking about. So, <laughs> in, although it's, it's, it's all love, oh, the no. thing is that you're the man when it comes to this topic. Uh, tell us a little bit more about you and what you bring to the world. All right. So, um, it's a wrap clearer than my doctor, but I, I've had a, a fairly um, interesting life in that, our working life, in that I was first um, in marketing pharmaceutical products for a good while. I'm a hold of about three, four degrees, and the fourth one, obviously, is medicine. Um, I am driven primarily by family. I'm, I'm very family-oriented, and I my real choice is that I want to help people. And so that's why I decided to do medicine. Wonderful. And, you know, the thing about it that I re admire so much about you is that you are quite comfortable in, in your position. You know, it's not as if there was a, a void in terms of financial need or anything, but you just decided to walk in your purpose when the average man would have said, ah, can't be bothered. So kudos to you, Dr. Solomon. <laughs> well, you know, I have this little angel cousin that kind of helps me along, but um, that I will leave for another time. <laughs> All right, today we're gonna to be focusing on diabetes. Tell me, Tell my audience, when we hear the word diabetes, what, what does it mean? Okay. Um, diabetes, essentially for the, for the common man, is that you have um, a lot of uh, sugar in your blood. Um, diabetes is a non-communicable disease, just like hypertension, and it is driven primarily, well, there are three types, essentially, of, of um, diabetes. There is a type 1 diabetes, and in type 1 diabetes, what happens is that your body, your own body, your own autoimmune system destroys the pancreatic cells. 
And the cells that are actively involved are actually the beta cells in the pancreas. So your own autoimmune system wipes out the pancreatic cells and you end up with type 1 diabetes. The What is significant is that you, by about age 18, or certainly below 20, most of the patients who have type 1 diabetes would have been diagnosed. Then the other diabetes is type 2 diabetes. This type 2 diabetes is a little bit different. Just like type 1 in the sense that it can be related to the families, kind of a family history. But as well, lifestyle changes can make a difference for type 2 diabetes. So, for example, if you like sugary stuff and you're always eating a lot of sweets, if you're overweight, if you're not healthy, at some point in time, you may develop type 2 diabetes. Um, and type 2 diabetes, as it suggests, again, we are reducing the amount of pancreatic cells with time. Um, doctors refer to type 2 diabetes a little bit different in that they, they would suggest that you have what is called insulin resistance, which essentially says um, you, don't, you don't produce enough insulin all the time to digest your food. Um, the other type of diabetes would be what persons hear about, gestational diabetes. And that essentially comes about when the woman gets pregnant. Some women get, um, get gestational diabetes. <laughs> and again, it's driven primarily by a demand for, for, for more insulin and, and the demand of a growing child, of the baby in the belly, um, to have food, etc. And so sometimes the mothers will will go into what we call gestational diabetes. Generally, um, gestational diabetes would come about in uh, about the 20th, um, 20th week of um, pregnancy. Um, and at that point in time, you know, we, we now have to put that patient on insulin because we have to control the level of sugars. There, there, there are many risks with um, gestational diabetes, certainly for both mother and for the the unborn child. Okay, so if I am to kind of fully understand the three different types, with the first one, it's diagnosed usually before your age 18, and basically your pancreas does not work well. Your body's working against it, so the insulin that it should reduce, excuse me, that it should produce it isn't able to. So it doesn't unlock the walls of the cells for the sugar to go in so the sugar stays in your blood, right? Correct, correct. For diabetes type 2 now, it's diagnosed later on in life. And although it may have something to do with the family you're born in, it's heavily um, directed or controlled by lifestyle. Um, having too much carbohydrates, not getting as exercise. And again, you have excess sugar in your blood. Your cells can't (laughs) absorb as much as is in the blood. So from a different way, you still have the problem where you have excess glucose in in your blood. Correct, Doc? Correct, correct. I, I want to also add that it's really important first to identify whether or not you might be becoming diabetic. There are some signs and symptoms that we just need to always remember. 
Um, and it's usually, first thing, you find that you're, you're urinating more often. So you're, you're frequently going to the bathroom, and you're wondering why. It could be that you have sugar in your urine. Um, once you're urinating a lot, you tend to also drink a lot. So you tend to drink a lot more water and in an effort to replace the fluids that you're losing. And in, in addition to that, you also have a craving for sweets. <clears throat> so you tend to eat a lot more food in general. Um, the physiology, to try and explain, is a little bit more challenging. Um, but essentially, the, the body isn't able to identify sugars. And so it drives you to try and eat more. Mm-hmm. And then gestational affects only women because it occurs during pregnancy. <laughs> so tell me, Doc, how does diabetes affect oral health and what are the common oral complications associated with diabetes? All right. So let us first just have a general overview of what diabetes can do. Um, diabetes will affect the small vessels in your in your system. So small vessels go into your mouth. Diabetes will affect the size of the vessels. Um, as well, diabetes affects the nerves as well. Long-term diabetes can lead to numbness and pain and um, shocking sensation. So if you bear in mind that you have an oral cavity that has decreased amount of good, clean um, blood, come into it, um, along with nerve pain, then you can now have dental issues. Um, you can get like a gingivitis, for example. Um, you can get sore, sores in the mouth. Um, as well, again, diabetes. You can also get candidiasis or yeast in the mouth. Um, and even, let's say you've had a, um, a dental procedure, the healing process if you're a diabetic, it's also a lot slower. And so um, these are some of the, the, the factors that and how diabetes have an impact on oral health. Of course, clearly if you have a, um, gen, um, a gingivitis or um, you tend also possibility of having bad breath, right? So all of these factors play um, in the oral care. Well, it's interesting that you should say that because we're going to take it a step further and move from gingivitis, which is just inflammation of the soft tissue, the gums, to periodontal disease that is an advancement of that situation that now affects the bone. Yes. yes. And we know for sure, sure, sure that if you have diabetes, you're very prone to have periodontal disease. And if you have full-blown periodontal disease, it affects the ability to control the diabetes. So it's like, which came first, chicken or the egg? Sure. So um, we always advise our clients, um, especially if they're diabetic, and we check everybody, but especially if you're diabetic and we see evidence of periodontal disease, to get that controlled as soon as possible because it's going to help them control their their di- diabetic numbers for sure. 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 And tell us 
How does this diabetes affect the healing process? You mentioned earlier that um, there is delayed healing. Uh, so how does that occur? And is, are there any precautions that we should be taking with diabetic patients? All right. Yes. Um, so, so here, the, the fact that the vessels are, are, um, are slightly damaged and slightly decreased in size, as well as the fact that you have this extra sugar in the blood, that process of healing is much, much slower. Um, and of course, in accordance with that, then you you'd probably need to also need a, an additional amount of antibiotics just to try and, and get the healing process going. Um, the before I even go any further, I just needed to, to just add a couple of things very quickly. When is a patient diabetic? So there are some parameters that I just need to mention very quickly. We speak about an HbA1c, which is a reading for diabetes. If it's above um, 6.1 or 6.5, then you are clearly diabetic. Um, you can look at the sugar, random blood sugars. If your random blood sugar is over 11.1, you're also diabetic. Um, and also, if you take a two-hour, what we call a post-prime, you're also diabetic. So I wanted to at least get those critical points in, in terms of um, how do we know that our patients are diabetic. Yes, that's, it's it's very important to understand what the measuring points are. Mm-hmm. Now, in our office, we do have the ca- capability to, and we do do um, blood tests to see what the blood sugar is, um, and we are very um, deliberate about determining when they last ate, because that will determine <laughs> the parameters that are within that normal range. So there's a lot that the dental team can do if they are aware in terms of helping patients to maintain, but also be aware of what's happening in the moment. Because, you know, sometimes life gets in the way and you don't even realize that you're eating too much of the carbs or Mm -hmm. you're feeling more thirsty or, you know, all the other signs, um, urinating more frequently. You may just not stop to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. So it's good that we can ask in the dental office and be able to help them to say, hey, maybe you need to see your physician because based on what you're telling me, based on these numbers, might be a good idea to check it out further. Mm -hmm. But we were talking now about periodontal disease and then we moved on to speak about wound healing and the delay. And you were saying to us that because those blood vessels are smaller and not as healthy, then the healing is delayed. And I think you said it would be a good idea to make sure that patients are properly medicated, those who need antibiotics are properly covered, et cetera. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as a result, do you feel that dental visits should be more frequent to have teeth cleaned or regular routine visits are the same and do you feel that um, there should be collaboration with the physician and the dental team as we care for these patients sure i'm um, certainly certainly if you're a diabetic I, I would i would suggest that the that 
those patients be seen a little bit more frequently, um, for sure. And I definitely agree that the dentists and the doctors need to spend a little bit more time together. And so we can pass our information back and forth. Um, many a times, many a times, the because there is lack of communication, our patients don't get adequate um, healthcare. And so, yes, I definitely think we need to spend a lot more time together. What, what strikes me, though, as important is what you've said, is that you actually do all of these things, um, which is really important. I, 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 I just didn't realize that, you, that the dentist actually checked the blood sugars, etc. And, and that, for me, is really good news. Really good news. Well, thank you. Um, is there one thing that you wished all dental teams knew about the care of diabetic patients, Dr. Solomon? Um, wow. There are so many things with the care of diabetic patients. Um, but I think the, 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 the critical element I'd want the dental team to know is one. One, know exactly what the parameters are. When is my patient diabetic? One. Two, I think I'd, I'd like the dental team to always ask when somebody comes in, do you have any chronic disease? Is it diabetes? Um, in addition to that, I definitely want the, the, the dental team to be able to be looking out for any oral changes that are significant. Look out for the bruises, look out for, for continual bleeding, um, difficulty healing, as those are factors that might suggest that something else might be um, and so, as you're doing, I think it's ideal is that all the patients who come in, certainly when you're filling out a little form, need to indicate whether or not they are diabetic or not. Um, and at the same time, I think the testing is really very important because the testing will allow you to decide whether or not you can operate on that patient on that day. Because if the sugar levels are high, um, about say, 180 milligram per liter or if we use the moles above say 10 or 11 then or 13 certainly you cannot operate on that patient for that day so those factors are things that i think we need to um, be very aware of yes well you've certainly opened our eyes today we have um we have team members throughout the U.S., throughout Canada, throughout the Caribbean. But one thing we know for sure, <laughs> medicine is universal. Mm -hmm. Diabetes is diabetes, diabetes, no matter where in the world we see our patients. And um, we do have a responsibility as part of the healthcare team to be aware and to educate and to guide our patients. And you sharing this critical information with us certainly puts more tools in our toolbox. And, and I want to thank you so much for taking time to come and share with us. You know, before we end our podcast, we always ask our guests to share a favorite quote. Do you have a quote that you'd like to share with us today, Dr. Solomon? Sure. I actually have a well, I'm, I'm a Kingston College old woman. So, fortis cadere selve non protest is important to us. And essentially it says, the brave may fall, but never yield. And this, I think, is a driving factor for life. Um, there's a family member of mine who um, said to me once, you know, when I was a little off, said, why don't you follow what it is that God has called you to do? Fits in again with that 
brave way forward never yield. So my process is whatever it is in life that you think you can make contribution to and you want to do, you must drive towards it. It will bring you happiness. It will give, bring you fulfillment. Um, and that I think would be my um, what are God, brave way forward never yield. Keep focus and try and achieve. I love that. I love that because your statement suggests that you can find fulfillment in what you do. You may not love the job, but you can find parts of the job that really love you love and motivate you and keep on going. And if you fall, get up. <laughs> the brave may fall, but never but yield. Never yield. Brush yourself off, get up again. That's right. Well, That's we right. we were so happy to have you here today. And I have a request. Mm-hmm. Drum roll. Brrr. Drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> the request is that you'll come back and share with us on another occasion. Oh, it would be a pleasure. It would be a pleasure. I've, I've, I've actually um, enjoyed being a part of this. Um, I think the, the critical element in management of diabetes in general and, and non-communicable disease is information. Um, the more information we have and the more we share, we can, we can better manage our patients. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm sure that by the time you're finished with this podcast, this series of podcasts, you could go ahead and get your degree because you've learned so much along this journey. Dr. Solomon gave us some things to think about. Pre-diabetic patients, what are some signs and symptoms? Frequent urination, increased thirst, and craving of sweets. Remember he said type 1 diabetes, it's usually diagnosed before the patient is 18. There's a defect in the pancreas. The body is fighting itself and it sees the pancreas as foreign, this autoimmune condition prevents this pancreas from giving us the insulin that is needed to take sugar out of the blood. Type 2 diabetes is diagnosed later on in life and it's related to lifestyle choices, right? These folks are referred to as insulin resistant. The pancreas is working, but the blood sugar is not decreasing because that insulin is not opening that gateway to the cells fast enough. And so again, we have a buildup of sugar in the blood. And of course, we have to be able to share with our pregnant moms that there is a possibility of gestational diabetes, so they need to be monitored very carefully by their physicians. Remember, there is this love-hate relationship with perio and diabetes. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? We know that if we control our patient's diabetes, it's going to make 
control of perio a lot easier. And we know that if we control the perio, it will make the control of the diabetes a lot easier. So we have to make sure that periodontal disease is properly controlled. And we know that diabetes causes delayed healing. So we need to make sure that if we're doing any kind of surgery, soft tissue or otherwise, we are aware that these patients will heal far more slowly and we need to follow them closely, give them the necessary antibiotics and be the team that truly knows how to care for our patients. Listen, life is great when we live, learn and grow together. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to our YouTube, Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you find us, and we will see you the next time.